All right. Hey, hi, how you doing? This is your host, Michael Hargis with BetterClimbBeta.com. Um, today I'm accompanied by our special guest. Um, you may or may not have heard of him. He's he's made his his uh, runs around the podcast already once, but uh, we have Mr. Tyler Carson. Oh, thanks for having me on the show, Mike. <laughs> um, he originally started off as an intern, and then he got promoted to co-host. And now he's our special guest because we're going to talk about something that Tyler has a lot of expertise in, and it hurts me to say that out loud, but <laughs> it's sadly the truth. So we're going to be talking about gear, right? So we're going to be talking about climbing gear and what your expectations should be for the life of your climbing equipment and what the reality is and maybe some of the tricks and tips that you can do to prolong the life of your climbing equipment and get the most bang out of your buck, right? So, yeah. But first things first, um, I want to give a shout out to a, uh, a company that reached out to us and just said, hey, we'd love to uh, have you guys give us a little bit of publicity on the podcast. And they have a pretty good message. And, and their message is, um, we produce a lot of waste by constantly buying new climbing shoes. And their mission is to resole climbing shoes. So you may or may not know, you can simply get a climbing shoe resold. Uh, meaning that they will replace all that rubber that you maybe have already worn a hole into or are on the verge of wearing a hole into. You just simply re, uh, mail it out to them. They'll put a new slab of rubber on it, and then they'll send it back to you. And that company is Vanderwall Climbing out of California. So we just want to thank those guys for reaching out to us and, and keeping us informed in, uh, about kind of what we do as climbers and our impact on the environment. So, and they got cool, you know, chalk bags. And they do some yeah. other cool handmade stuff. So. Yeah. So they don't just do uh, resoling. They do, just like Tyler said, they do hangboards and chalk bags. So just want to big give a big shout out to those guys. So first things first, right? We'll keep running with the whole shoe idea. I'm gonna go buy my first climbing shoe, mm-hmm. or I've or I've bought shoes in the in the past. Give me an idea of what is the expectation of a climber's um, idea of a life of life a climbing, of a climbing shoe. shoe? Well, it's funny you, you and know, the reality of it. We always talk about um, climbing is, I think, become this this sport where you you know it's got a high upfront cost, but once you got the gear, you're good to go. Um, which, for a lot of reasons, I would say isn't is just not true anymore. Shoes, in particular. Um, they, they wear out eventually, right? I mean, you're, you're using them. Any shoe you get is not going to last forever. Um, climbing in particular because of, you know, rock wall and even textured gym walls, especially the newer gyms have like the Waltopia kind of texture, very abrasive texture. You're, you're going to wear out your shoes. But, you know, I definitely say one of the common expectations is, you know, you buy a pair of climbing shoes and then, Maybe if you want a more performance shoe, you might upgrade. But if you don't, the shoe's going to last, you know, realistically as long as you want to climb. I mean, I even still see now people come into the gym, 40-year-old climbing shoes. Um, Has climbing been around for 40 years? That's maybe, right? The 80s? Yeah. Holy shit. Right. And So, uh, like, they bring in those old La Sportiva. Oh, I mean, they're glorified, like, wrestling shoes with rubber. I mean, there's nothing there, but that's what they like to use. And, yeah, Yeah. they want to keep climbing in them so i definitely shoes are are one of the things that it it can be hard to convince i see people with just their toe is literally sticking out of the shoe and i'm still good on it it's fine i'm like well okay i guess that's technically okay i mean it's not a safety issue but um so if i buy a new shoe you know how long should it last should it last uh well i would say assuming the average climber um, so let's let's break out averages so like averages. i'm going to the gym maybe twice a week mm-hmm. we'll just say that's easy i think twice a week twice a week um you climb you boulder you rope climb you're mostly in the gym and then maybe you go outdoor climbing three or four know, times a year maybe three or four times a year yeah so um, what do you what do you think is like the longevity of a climbing shoe and that and that if you're climbing that regularly uh i've seen you know i i would say probably six months to a year um Partially depending on your footwork, I, I'd say is a, is a huge thing people don't factor in. But if you're going to drag your feet everywhere, mm-hmm. they're not going to last quite as long. But okay. if you have reasonably, we'd say um, 
you know, the term I use is quiet feet or you're, you're just not dragging your foot everywhere. You're placing your feet intentionally, um, with, if you're climbing. So the trick is the campus. Exactly. Just me. the long, the less you use your feet, the longer they last. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd say about six months to the year of, of, like you said, regular use two times a week plus the additional outdoor trip as you were. I mean, okay. Yeah. So if you, if you're running through your shoes quicker than six months, right, we'll do it on the lower end, six sure. months. Um, it, you know, what are some of the reasons why your shoe could be failing or like, how could you prevent it from failing? Prevent it. Well, um, you know, I, I knew a guy, he climbed in the gym probably four days a week. And then on the weekends, he's going outside. This is back in Tennessee where he, we were 30 minutes away from, mm-hmm. you know, climbing. And um, he'd blow through shoes out in a couple months. But, I mean, like, what do you expect? If yeah. he's every weekend going outside three, four times a week mm-hmm. in in the gym, you're going to blow it out. So, at that point, you just accept your losses there. Um, but, uh, that being said, that's why when— It's kind of like tires, right? So, yeah. like— they rate your tires by mileage. Exactly. So, yeah, man. A Not trucker, with how long you've had it. Exactly. So a trucker, I mean, so that's really the issue here. We're trying to measure something in time when really it's like- Use. In use, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so, and that's actually a perfect example because mileage in particular, I like that because you're, you know, you're climbing steep sport, whatever. You're climbing mm-hmm. 50 feet at a time yeah. versus- you know, if you're bouldering in a gym exclusively, that's going to completely change. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're climbing what you would say is the same amount of, you know, hours, mm-hmm. going outside, putting miles and miles on rock versus plywood, you know, gym yeah. walls, bouldering only, you're not putting the same mileage. Yeah. Even though you're climbing the same shorter. amount of time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but certainly one of the things, and you've known this because you, you worked at the gym as well. Um, a lot of people think, you know, they don't want to buy a beginner shoe for their first shoe. They want to get a good shoe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you have bad footwork when you're a new climber. You don't know any. Better. I know. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, shoot any shots, but I know a couple seasoned vets that still have some really bad footwork. <laughs> but that's the thing. You talk about what can lengthen the life of your shoe working on your footwork, um, which is why I don't like selling a $170 pair of shoes. Shoes are getting so expensive. They're I mean, getting more and more expensive. It's insane. I talked to I won't I talked to a rep who was selling and I asked why he increased the price of a particular shoe and the answer is because the other company increased the price of their shoe. They're like, Whoa, we can do this. And I was like, Well, <laughs> why would it be cheaper? But that's yeah. neither here nor there. But yeah, I would say if you know you have bad footwork, you if it's okay I mean, it's all money, right? If you're yeah. okay with dropping hundred and eighty bucks and fine. Mm-hmm. But um that the and the one thing if someone goes what's one fix for my shoe how do I make my shoes last longer I'm gonna watch their footwork first yeah and if the footwork is dragging and kicking and whatever mm-hmm. then that's gonna say something about you know I'm gonna say hey that's that's it don't worry about anything else because and you know if you look at your shoes there'll be wear signs mm-hmm. so if you're for an example you know, Tyler uses the example dragging your your foot so if you drag your foot meaning you you can scrape the top of the shoe mm-hmm. and wear a hole in the top of the shoe or you can you know miss miss poke your foot up against the wall and then put a hole in the front mm-hmm. um yeah these are just test hold you know these are signs now if you get a nice even wear over the toe of your shoe because what climbing shoes are made to do is to take the whole um take all the power from the front of your foot and push it forward so that you can put all your weight on that part of the shoe. You're, you're going to get a one little point that's going to get a lot more wear than the others, but right. across the board, if it's a little bit more even, then you know that, you know, you know, your footwork is a little bit better than average, but right. But, but pay attention to those hot spots on your shoe. Yeah. Um, I, I, I knew a guy, he was extremely heavy footed on his left foot only. So it's like, man, my only, my left shoes are blown out and I'm watching like he, he's dragging his foot up the wall as he's climbing. Yeah. All right. So I said, well, I don't even have to watch you climb. You're there's a hole on the top of your toe. Yeah. Most people aren't using. You're not toe hooking that much. Yeah. Like you know, so pay attention. It, it's pretty obvious where your shoes wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the other thing y- y- you talk about uh, resoling. Yeah. What a lot of people don't realize is at some point it's not resolable. Um, yeah. You blow a hole through the entire shoe. 
they can't fix that. Um, mm-hmm. So where I see when you get those little really, really thin spots um, where like you're one or two bad moves yeah, away. Yeah, so to, to put in consideration, right, is like you have what's called the rand of the shoe. Correct. Which is the actual leather or synthetic material. And if you wear a hole through the rubber, eventually you'll wear a hole through the rand. Correct. And that's going to f- infect the integrity of the shoe. So, um, you know, we talk about prolonging the ability of the shoe. Um, well, once you make that initial investment, you can get that shoe resold. The best time to get that shoe resold is almost you know, instantly you notice a hole with, with right. the rubber. If you see, I mean, most rubber's black. You're getting some other colors now. Sure. But, you know, like if, if your rubber's black, your shoe's blue, the second you see a hint of blue, stop because you're one bad foot move away from blowing through, blowing the, through the rand. And that's actually um, more expensive too, I think, to get resold. So what most, you know, Yosemite Bomb is the company of all bones. Rock and Resole is a very popular one mm-hmm. this Vanderwall, you know they all do the same they, kind of thing i will say a couple things is uh rock and resole has a pretty big turnaround i mean i've they heard, take a long time i've heard a lot of people talk you know four four weeks at least at least and it's you know they and they're out position, in colorado yeah they position themselves very strategically um so i don't know so but that being you know they, there's two things they they almost will never do a full sole resole they do a quarter sole, so just basically your toe box only. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, they cut in, they heat it up, cut it, rip it off. They'll also do the toe cap, so your climbing shoes, not just the bottom, but the toe cap itself of the shoe is coated in rubber. Yeah, That's a more invasive and more expensive um, fix. Um, but they will do it, and I, I know from experience, both, I have, you know, they all know what they're doing at this point. It's a pretty good, you mm-hmm. know what they're doing, but... Um, they won't hesitate to be like, listen, we can try that. It's, it's, they're literally ripping off rubber that has been glued on. So yeah. like if you've really gotten into the rand of the shoe, they'll tell you, Hey, we'll try it, but it might destroy your shoe. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so I see people like, okay, it's got a hole in it. Time to get resold too late. If I actually tell people like, and you can really feel it. If you can feel the top of the shoe and the sole where they meet in the rand, Mm-hmm. If you can feel the two pieces by pushing against the rubber, you're getting real close. Yeah, and so, definitely. Um, well, that's one thing, too, is like you, as you keep climbing in your shoe, your shoe becomes more and more sensitive. Exactly. So Now, the other thing, I, you know, before we move past shoes, I, I do like to say that rubber um, breaks down. And so, you know, I've had people that climbed a little bit, and then they don't climb for 20 years. And they come back, I only used the shoe a couple of times, and now it's falling apart. Yes, dry rot. Like rubber doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see it gets it's like, like tires. Exactly. You know? get that shiny, like it brittle texture mm-hmm. to it. Um, it's less sticky. Exactly. And it's going to it's gonna wear out. Um, another thing to keep in mind, I, always, I will say this. Um, weight matters. You know, heavier people are going to wear out shoes faster than you know, lighter I'm kinda, people. I'm kind of a heavier person. You know? I go through shoes kind of quick. Right. But I also climb a lot. But I'm also kind of heavy. So That's just kind of the go nature with of the, the game. I'm just going to go with I put more miles on my exactly, shoes. Exactly, yeah. You're not the heaviest you've ever been. But um, on top of that, the stickiness of the rubber. Um, there are rubbers that are stiffer um, mm-hmm. than, you know, essentially it's all the same rubber. It's how long you heat treat it for. If it's been treated longer, it becomes less sticky, but more uh, more durable. It'll last longer. Yeah. The softer rubbers will grip better, but wear out faster. Mm-hmm. So if you do notice, you know, some of the famous long-lasting rubbers, uh, 510's uh, Stealth C4 rubber is notorious for having a good life on it, um, evolve um, on, on their like less hyper-aggressive shoes, have a, a pretty stiff rubber. Some of the gym non-coating rubber that they put on rental shoes mm-hmm. completely sacrifices stickiness altogether so that it'll, de- yeah, it'll last longer. Sure. Um, but I have had people like, I blow in through shoes no matter what I do. Well, then stop getting really soft, sensitive, or thin even. Mm-hmm. You go to Rock and Resole, you have the option of getting, a, instead of a four millimeter resole, a five millimeter resole. Mm-hmm. Just thicker, and it'll yeah. last longer because of that. So um, as far as, like I said, I mean, you I have my gym shoes. I don't climb in a gym four days a week. My gym shoes have lasted probably three years. Nice. But you know, if I, when I was at the when I was in high school climbing outside once a week in in a gym three days a week, 
I'd be lucky to get a full year out of my shoes. So again, it's one of those, your, your reality, I'd say, just understand that that's the most expensive part of climbing for most people. That's what you're replacing the most often or resoling Mm -hmm. the most on a more regular basis. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess moving forward, the idea is like your shoes in a, in a perfect world should last somewhere between six to uh, six months to one year, but to keep in consideration, um, it's not necessarily about the time, but it's about the use. How so long are you doing it? When you when you think about wow, these shoes aren't lasting long enough, it's just okay. Well, let's revisit. Well, I took a you know a two week long trip in Thailand, and then I did, you know, I I was I, I had a friend who climbed weekend. at Waco tanks in the heat of the summer. He did. He slipped his foot once off and like scraped out, yeah. and it just. I mean, it was so hot. The rock mm-hmm. was so hot. It mm-hmm. literally melted. Like the the rubber was almost melted and it just tore off. Well, and one thing I will say is, you know, I climb, gosh, I probably climb more outside than I do in the gym. Oh, definitely. And that's part of the reason why I'm so weak and not a very good rock climber. But it's, man, sandstone, limestone, all the stones, they tear your shoes up a hundred times more than the rock, you know, the plastic in the gym or, you know, even those textured walls in the gym. Sandstone doesn't get like layers of rubber just built up on it. Those climbing holds at your favorite gym, yeah, they're black, not because of dirt, but because that's rubber that is just yeah. like caked on there. Definitely. So, um, but yeah, the idea, right, is just keep an idea of what the length um, or the, the the utilization of your shoe, how long you've been using it, how much you've been doing with it. And then if you, um, if you feel like your shoe's running low, go get it resold. And maybe buy a, a less expensive lower end shoe that you can just climb in in the meanwhile oh, yeah. while you're waiting for your more performance shoe to come back. I have a lot of people that they they have their performance shoe and they're, you know, put around the gym and just have fun shoe. If you know yeah. you're just putting high miles in, but you're not looking for your project, have a cheap shoe that you can tear up and mm-hmm. it's fine. But I, I do like your analogy to the car because if you want to put it this way, you buy a car how often do you replace the tires versus replace the engine? You know, yeah. the tires are going to be replaced a lot more often. So, and it, yeah, well, that and they're cheaper too. They're so. a hell of a lot cheaper. <laughs> cheaper. Right. Um, so, and again, you know, everything's got a life life expectancy, and we're all going to have different life expectancies. So, but moving forward, the next one is going to be harnesses. So. For some people, maybe they feel like they go through harnesses a lot. Maybe they don't go through harnesses at all. You know, how long how long am I allowed to have a harness? You know, what's my expectations? What's the reality of it? So this is where, um, I, unfortunately, the expectation is the harness never goes bad. It's good forever. You buy a harness, you're good. That is, in my now, I mean, my six, seven years of working in the industry – that is almost the prevailing um, thought process, um, particularly with like I would you know not the people that are at you know the red every mm-hmm. other weekend abusing their gear, but mm-hmm. just the people that they climb recreationally. Um, that is definitely the prevailing expectation. When when we talk about safety gear, especially the synthetic side of things, so harnesses, ropes, that kind of thing, there is an industry. Um, there is data that the industry has done. Um, and so the shelf life of synthetic material is 10 years is okay. what now some brands will shorten that to about seven. Um, cause they want you to buy more gear. Well, they want you to buy gear and they're also like safeguarding their asses, right? Like they're going to say, of yeah. course they were, you know, it's just a safer thing to say seven years, but 10 years is what most of the data is suggesting. And that's when it's made, not when you bought it, which is a hard thing to, I bought the harness three years ago well it's a 20 year old harness so where did you buy that you shouldn't have bought from that person yeah but um without synthetic material does break down without use Mm. so the maximum life span of a harness is 10 years um and i've got story after story of and is that just with use or no use? No use right? at all. Okay. That's shelf life. So it's just been wrapped in a exactly plastic bag away from. The and sun. that's a, it, well, and that's the other huge thing is 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 storing. Um, sunlight breaks down synthetic material in a way that you can't see. So you know you leave your in the back of your Subaru. And it's sun's Why is poking it through. Why'd you pick a Subaru? Because you know you want, you, you want it to be relatable. You know why I picked the Subaru. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know synthetic material, sunlight—they don't get along. Um, so, 
But yeah, that is the reality is the long end of the spectrum is 10 years. Okay. And that's not using it. So with use, it definitely with harnesses does depend. Are you gym only? Okay. Are you top rope only versus lead versus outside multi-pitch, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, Top rope. Listen, man, I've, I've used a harness that was seven, eight, nine years old that's only been top rope it, they just don't wear that much okay you know it's top roping is pretty low impact on your on your on your harness okay um even in a gym if you're lead climbing it's still pretty low impact now obviously you're putting more if you're leading you're probably falling farther yeah. so that does put strain on your gear mm-hmm. um it's the outdoor use where you're you know, you're cleaning and rubbing and friction and belay loops rub on things and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. That's where you're going to really start to... And you're exposed to the elements. Elements, dirt. You said it already with ropes, but dirt and that's abrasive. Yeah. So, you know, it, just like shoes, what's your mileage? I mean, if you're... if The people that live at the red and they're climbing three days a week in sandstone in sun at the beach. or one, yeah. even at the red you climb in the wet it's because there's enough protection from the rain mm-hmm. but things still get wet you know yeah. so that that's a lot harder to put a definite number so like i said five to seven years for moderate indoor use yeah. after that i mean I, I my number is when you've hit five years manufacture date start looking um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm talking looking for a reason to retire it, not, it's probably fine. Yeah. Now you're, you're talking to the industry guy. So I know everyone, well, you get pro deals and all that. Other, I get it. But my typical response is I would hope $60 is, you know, your life is worth at least that. Hmm. So, um, with harnesses, especially, like I said, I'm, my rule of thumb is if you doubt it for any reason, just go ahead and retire it out. But, um, Obviously, some brands are more durable. You know, Edelrid on their lower loop tie-in point, they've got a plastic anti-wear. It's Mamu so, does the same thing. Mamu does the same thing. That can make the belay loop last a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, What's it doing to our ropes, though? You know, I don't know. I guess it could be leaving plastic residue, but that's your tie-in point. I would say you're probably not just, like, you know, speeding rope through that tie-in Well, point. I mean, like, as you fall right your two tie-in points cinched down so we um, don't you know that's a good know. point but so i mean you're making a lot of sense to me if you know if you are going to have signs of wear in your harness sure that are going to be dangerous it's going to be at your belay loop and it's going to be at your tie-in points most almost yes uh i mean every once in a while you can't control you take a weird fall outside and it's bright you know tears out the side of it but yes it's mm-hmm. the most wear and tear goes on your belay loop and your two tie-in points um some brands uh i thought mammoth at one time they have like red indicator on the inside of the tie-in points like where yeah. it's sewn so that when yeah. you start to see red it's time to retire um i would say your tie-in points in my experience wear out faster than your belay loop because your belay loops rubbing on the tie-in points yeah Um, well that's another thing people don't think about yeah exactly and now you know auto belays being as getting more popular in these gyms Mm -hmm. you clip into your that belay loop not your two tie-in points because it's metal Mm -hmm. um which puts more wear and tear you know on 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 things so um but then again like i said if you're falling on top rope you're not putting a lot of force but you taking massive whippers outside, mm-hmm. you know. I'm all about the massive whippers. All about it, right? And that mm-hmm. that does shorten the lifespan significantly. So that, like I said, five years is my limit is my time frame. When I even if it looks good, I'm watch. I'm looking for a reason to retire it at this point. Yeah. My indoor harness is probably six years old now, um, and now getting close to needing to be retired. My outdoor so, harness is two years. So you talk about. Um, like you talk like you know how old they are. Where do I go to find the that age of my harness? That is really actually an interesting question. Um, each brand is different, and up until recently, we haven't re- there hasn't been a rule that um, you need to display the date. Um, Black Diamond puts a manufacturer in the in the serial code the serial number on your harness. It has the man it has the manufacturer year and month on it. Um, Petzl has a date of manufacture. Now, most people, we're going to start to see data manufacturers um, being put on that because gyms are now, if you're following a Climbing Wall Association code, 
um, you have to look at date. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my good rule of thumb now is if there's no date on it, that in and of itself is a bad sign. Um, they've, it, it means it's probably too old. It's probably too old. Yeah. The newer ones can be hard and each brand is different, but each brand somewhere on their website will tell you how to check. Um, like, Hey, if it ends in these last four digits, correct. then, you know, okay. And if they don't, I might stop using that brand. I mean, you're again, you're speaking to the, for instance, uh, it's always interesting to talk about like, um, you know, black diamond, Petzl, all are UIAA certified. Um, Misty mountain isn't, um, mm-hmm. they're a great harness company. I have no, like they make really awesome harnesses, but they're not UIAA certified. Some people care about that and some people don't, yeah. but, um, for my rule of thumb is if you doubt well, it, you if, might, this might, we might not get sponsored by Misty Mountain now. You're like throwing shade on Misty Mountain kind of. Well, I mean, they don't sell in the European Union. They don't have to be UIA yeah. certified. Okay. Guess it makes sense. Um, I knew that. But, you know, I know people that care about certifications. I mean, it's like a, it's a, it's a, um, you know, you get your degree from school. You go and apply. I'm, some people are like, well, you have a degree, you don't. I'm going to, without thinking, I'm going to just go with a person with a degree. Some people have that same opinion on safety gear, like that's certification. That's not. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily less safe. It does mean that I don't have a number telling me that it is. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, people like to be told, told. Right. Things. Oh, it's good. You're fine. But I only bring that up because with safety gear, when people go, well, when should I retire it? Again, if you don't trust it, then don't use it. Even if you bought it a day ago. Some people you shouldn't trust it as much as you do. Um, you know, we all know those people. Well, I had a, I had a woman show up at the gym. Her harness was 15, 16 years old. Okay. We knew it. Um, because I could go in and, and she was like, I've only used it three times. It's, it's fine. It's practically brand new. And she, we said, sorry, you Sounds can't like a used car sales. Right. It's practically brand new. It's still got the used car smell. The new car smell. I don't want to use car. Yeah, what's that? Um, but, you know, we said, listen, it's not the use, it's the age. And we said, here, you can use a rental for free. Now, our rental harnesses are more worn because they're rental harnesses. And you go, you mm-hmm. can't tell me that's safer. And I said, well, I, I can because it's still industry code. Yeah. And she's just so upset about it. And I was like, I, I'm not, I. it's not a personal, I'm not trying to be mean. It's mm-hmm. synthetic material breaks down. That's just that's science yeah. now. And so And you're a you're a business and you have certain right, obligations. Right, go outside. I don't care what you do outside. Yeah. But if that fails here, we're liable because it's not industry code. Yeah. You know, and, and so, we do let it slip through the cracks. Exactly. Um but like I said, it we I, there's no reason not to replace, you know, choose fine, who cares? But if it's keeping your life in check, my recommendation is follow industry code. Just do it. They know what they're doing. Um and Petzl especially has done a lot of cool stuff with the Climbing Wall Association about setting up some standards and doing some, you know, independent studies and that kind of stuff. It's been really cool to see the standards are, we, we know now a lot more than we knew, you yeah. know, 30 years ago when people are just putting, you know, literal drilling holes while they're climbing to clip themselves, mm-hmm. right? We know a lot more now, so. Yeah, and it's, right, I mean, to get sidetracked, we're even talking about bolting right it's like mm. we've we've moved from taking grandpa's bed frame and cutting it up and making you know <laughs> bolt hangers out of that too oh now we do stainless steel glue ends and it's right like, you know you know and, right. and in, in theory they don't you know the glue's good it doesn't in necessarily theory. in theory we yeah. don't know no, no that's why you try to climb kids um but so harnesses kind of make up you know the you, like you talked about ropes and and nylon and webbing and all that stuff and slings so um your slings should have a date on them they should tell you when they're manufactured correct um so you're going to want to kind of keep the same mentality with those as long and uh, you know if you use a chain reactor or not or daisy chain it should be in there as well but um moving forward to ropes right because a rope is probably your your most expensive purchase individual for single sport climbing sure um most I'm guessing what most people do outside of bouldering, um, right? It's nylon. It's going to break down. It has a shelf life. So, can you talk to me a little bit about how long should a rope last, and like what can I do to make it last longer? Um, well, that's easy. Um, lasting it longer, making it last longer, rather, is uh, taking care of it, keeping it out of the dirt. You know, 
how long a rope should last, just like everything else, does depend on what you're doing to it. Um, well, I just throw mine in a battery acid parking lot. Then great. You're going to get about one day out of it. <clears throat> uh, but no, you know, you're taking, you're going out. My gym rope, I've almost never retired from wear and tear other than it's lost its elasticity. Okay. Um, what what I mean it's by that. stiffer? Well, dynamic ropes stop stretching at some point. The more okay. you fall and load on it. Um, I don't fall. Then you're better than me. Um, I just I take. I, take, a lot. Yeah, I, I guess just take. I just take. Um, but so it means I'm worse than you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll say that. You're definitely. <clears throat> anyways, um, yeah, I, I'd say I, I've left. I've, you know, you're in a gym. There's not rough surfaces. It's rubbing against. Mm-hmm. It's all pretty straightforward. Yeah, the you're, sheath is gonna be fine. You're not taking massive falls on it. Mm-hmm. You know, your bolt last bolt was three feet below you. You know that kind of stuff. Um, real, like I said, it's realistically just, it's lost. It's, uh, it, it doesn't stretch anymore and I don't want to fall on a rope that doesn't stretch. Yeah. Um, so, you know, same thing. There's a 10 year shelf life on all synthetic material. But, uh, that being said, um, going outside changes things because rock and dirt and all that other stuff, it cuts up rope. I mean, it wears rope out, mm-hmm. um, badly maintained metal carabiners and that kind of stuff can cut Sharp your edges, rope yeah. exactly so what are you doing to your rope is really that's why how long should it last what are you doing to it you're going out six times a year and taking reasonable care and not really pushing the limits of what it's going to do then fine mm-hmm. it's going to last a good long time yeah um thin ropes versus thick ropes right i mean the thicker sheaths like the sterling marathon pro is notorious for being a tank it has a really really thick sheath um, it can take a beating versus, I don't know. So that, I mean, that's something to talk about, right? Cause I mean, we're, we're saying that everyone knows what the sheath is of a rope. So, end. okay. You talk about the core and the sheath of the rope. There's mm-hmm. two parts of your rope. The core catches you. That's what, he- that's what holds you. Mm-hmm. The sheath, what you see is, uh, protects the core. That's all it does. Okay. Um, so, so when you talk about, you know, a thicker rope or, a a thinner rope, they all have the same size core? Not necessarily, but as a general rule, yes. Most of the ropes have a very, uh, within a couple, like, tenths of a millimeter are going to have about the same sized core. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they don't want the strength of the rope, the integrity to be compromised. Right, I mean, so you get these, like, 8.9 millimeter ropes. They still need to be able to catch you. So they're mostly just like a core and it's like a almost, very thin sheath. Yeah, like sheath. a very, very thin sheath. Okay. Um, I knew people. I know a couple guys that that's their red point rope, and oh, they've wow. got their project. Those guys rope. are fat, right? Yeah. If you, I mean, dude, if it comes down to your rope, you're fat. Oh, if it comes down to any of your gear, get better at climbing or lose some weight. That's my opinion. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that would be like the French mentality, right? Like oh, just, I, I would have got it, but you know, my shoes are a little, uh, climb too better. Fat. It's like I, I've seen Chris Sharma climb barefoot harder than most people ever climb in their life. So, um, jeez, you know Chris Sharma? Oh yeah, I know him personally. Whoa, Not does he go by Chris or like what? What like if you send you know him personally? I call him Sea Dog, but Sea Dog gangster, dude. <laughs> he does uh, like the deep water solo. Deep water yeah. solo. So yeah, I think I guess we should call him Sea Bass then. Um, no. No. All right, let's keep going. Okay, we're getting sidetracked. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, if you're that just to say with your ropes, uh, you, you've got the, the thicker sheaths are going to, in theory, last longer. They can handle more abrasion. Um, but you mentioned this, you know, dirt and all that, 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 wears, that wears ropes out. I, I see a lot of people, they don't take rope bags to the red. So the rope's literally just in the dirt. I don't take rope bags. Well, you should. Well, well here's my thing. I'm anti- you have a tarp, though. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Let's let's. All right, let's fair. You, this out. you your rope bag is built into your your climbing pack. So what I like to do is, like Tyler said, I have a tarp, or you know, a, a some kind of surface other than the dirty ground. Right. And I try to maintain my rope and keep it on there, and but I also make sure that you know that tarp is going to be full of dirt by the end of the day. Sure it is. Right, because it's just natural. Um, so shake it out butterfly rope or whatever do whatever you want right but don't but a rope bag is like what a pain in the ass it's an extra piece of gear yeah, i get it just um, get a tarp but in in uh, do something to keep your rope off the ground is what i'm saying yeah. um wash your rope periodically what um, so what can you even do that um yes you actually can um there's a couple ways you can take it into the shower and just spray it off get mm-hmm. the crud off of it um, which when we go into belay devices and carabiners, we'll 
help prolong the, the life of that. Um, you can daisy chain it up basically and, and throw it in a washing machine. No detergent. That's I've heard bad people for it. putting them in like, this might be, oh wait, no, I'm thinking something else. All right. I won't say that. Be, <laughs> that would have been really stupid. <laughs> but you can't do that. that. Sterling, uh, makes a rope wash that some people swear by. Um, it just helps get all of the fine sediment out of your rope. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one thing you can definitely do to protect your rope. But understand if you're climbing outside, rock cuts into rope. Yeah. You're, it's going to happen. So here's my bit of advice. And again, I'm not an industry expert, so I don't know everything. But in my experience, your best bet is to buy a pretty long rope, right? Sure. So for an example, we climb at the Red River Gorge. And, you know, typically single pitch rock climbs don't exceed 120 feet, typically. No, that's single pretty... pitch. Um I get it. I climb a Kolob Canyon. Or, uh, Namaste is 160 feet. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but the idea is to buy a rope that's maybe 70 meters, mm-hmm. right? So the 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 only portion of your rope that's typically going to get a lot of wear is the ends of your rope, right? Where you're tying your knots and falling. Yeah, where you're tying your knots and you're falling. So the idea is simply buy a long rope and trim it down throughout the season. Yeah, but and Michael, that 10 meters is so heavy. I don't. I need a lightweight rope. I well, you're fat. And by the, by the way, you only carry the rope as long as the climb is. So, Well, <laughs> I, you know, my joke is also, and not even most of that sometimes. Oh, you're talking about hiking in. Yeah, it's fucking five-minute oh, walk. That's why, you know? you, that's why you take, like, your, your new buddy. And, and let you him tell carry them, the rope. Yeah, you tell them, like, hey, this is part of your you know, entry to rock climbing. But no, I actually, I lo- I teach that in my lead class. Don't buy the minimal rope because if you need to cut it, then you can't use it anymore. Yeah. Buy the rope that gives you I would some say, flexibility. Yeah, a staple is 70 meters. 70 These, meters. And people are like, well, that's crazy because back in the 90s, it was like 50 meters. And it's like, well, guess what? Rock climbs got taller. Right. So, um, and again, it's a big, it's a big investment. You're probably going to be looking at, you know, $200, 300 but buy a long rope, trim it down. So here's the hack, though, to trim your rope. So say you're at the rock climbing wall. You're outside, obviously, and your buddy decided to climb with the mother load, and he, he got on a sharp carabiner because they're all permadrawed, and he core shot your rope. I'm not talking about somebody I know, but it might have happened this season. <laughs> uh, thanks for core shot my rope, bud. Um, so he comes down. I mean, sorry. You come down, and you're like, man, we sawed through the sheath. And now the course messed up. So the idea is what you should do is have a have a buddy hold your rope nice and tight from where the core shot is. So you're going to work down the rope to where the, the sheath is in good shape. Take a piece of tape and tightly wrap yep. that section of the rope as much as you can, meaning that having your partner just pull the rope as, as taut as possible. And then you're going to take a, a knife, a pocket knife. Just ask. Somebody will have one believe it or not. Um, if you want, you can get a lighter or whatever and heat it up, but that'd be weird. But find like a hard surface, like a rock and just push it up against the edge of the rock and saw through that rope right in between, um, right in the middle of where you've taped it. And you should be good to go to climb on it for the rest of the day without any of the ends fraying right. and the core kind of separating and you getting more dirt inside. Now, some people at like that, that point will use a lighter and like fuse the ends back together just to help fix that. Yeah. But I mean, but I'm saying you're on the fly, you're on the fly. It, at least you can keep climbing on it. Yeah. Um, now another thing I like to point out, I don't know if you remember, we were at the red and shoddy over here is climbing with her boyfriend and teaching him how to belay her while she's climbing. I don't mm. know if you remember. Oh that. yeah, she asked us to check her rope, and we oh, got this is a like good ten story. feet in, and of the, her rope. Yeah. Of her rope, we start sure whatever, got ten feet in, and the core is just not intact anymore. Like it's completely oh, yeah. separated inside. The sheath's in still good shape. Oh yeah, so like one way to check the integrity of the core of the rope is to, you know, f- take it's a just, pi- take a pinch of the rope, yeah. and if it t- completely. Com- collapses on itself then that's not good yeah that's usually a pretty big indicator that the core is and she was climbing on this rope yeah and we're like oh my gosh don't do this so how do you solve that ah climb on both ends of your rope flip flip that rope got halfway through the rope and the other end was still shiny yeah she had literally (laughs) never climbed on the other end of a rope and didn't know it she just had a big ikea bag and just fucking shoved the rope in and only Mm -hmm. climbed on one end so that's actually not a you know what I, you know how like you're kind of banging up this chick about doing that? I, I like the that, Ikea bag. No, the Ikea bag's fine. But <laughs> think of this. You should only climb on one end of your rope because then you just literally saw down one end of your rope and then she's got this whole other end of her rope that's like perfectly new. 
I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's I mean, other than your middle marker, if your rope comes with the middle marker, then sure, you want your middle marker to be somewhat in the middle, but tie a knot at the end of your rope, you know. Right. But regardless, I kind of like the idea of climbing. Only well, on one you side. can do that. I think it's dumb because you're gonna at you're some just point increasing the wear on one side, right? And, and you're then, gonna go through it quicker or something. And like then that. that half of the rope's gonna get real stretched out and worn out. And then what? And you cut it, and then you still have like so. Instead of doing like I'm saying, if you flip your rope, typically you'll run through like three meters on sure. each end. Boom, you've lost. You know, where if you only climb on one end, you know you're just cutting down that one end. Right. It's the same amount of distance. Right. The so the, she's not necessarily not wrong. necessarily. She was climbing on a core, uh, a rope that was no longer the core was just non-existent. Yeah. So that was the wrong thing. Um, but yes, like I said, and with everything else, my recommend, especially if you're a heavy outdoor climber is at the, while you're coiling it up at the end of the day or whatever you do, just give it a quick check with your, you know, flake it out, whatever you're doing, give it a quick squeeze all the mm-hmm. way through, look for inconsistencies. Yeah. Um, minimal sh- wear and tear on the sheath isn't a big deal. Yeah. If it gets fuzzy like that, th- there's the a story behind that. The sheath only exists to keep the core. I had, I don't know if you remember the story or not, but oh, when I, I was climbing, when I was climbing at the gym, the indoor gym, somebody saw I was climbing on a rope and they were like, oh, that's not a safe rope just because, you know, the, it, sheath, the, was sheath, fuzzy. the sheath was fuzzy. And then literally they they told the, the general manager of the gym, like, hey, Michael is climbing on an unsafe rope. Someone needs to, you know, they flagged my account. Like, hey, this guy is sketchy. Yeah, don't let him fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, don't let him come in here and lead climb. So I come in the next day and general manager's there and she's like hey um i'm gonna need you to get your rope out and and show me you know if it's safe or not i'm like okay and i pull it out and i flake it i'm like hey you know everything's fine she's like well you see all this wear like on the end like your sheath pretty much what what i had done right is taken an outdoor rope and made it made it into a gym rope because i had beat the shit out of it for like three seasons and, um, you know, turned a 70 meter rope into a 30 meter rope because our walls sure. are short. So, um, so yeah, it had a little bit of fuzzy on it, but again, she was like, Hey, that's not necessarily unsafe. That just means your rope's a little fuzzy and that just happens. Just keep an eye on it, whatever. Yeah. But I thought that was fun. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's fair to say, I don't like this rope. I'm not going to climb on it anymore. Great. That's your gear. But yeah, yeah fa- wear and tear on the sheath is not indicative of any sort of like danger being presented necessarily i mean if you can see the core like you said you can see the core through the sheath mm, that's not great anymore you need Mm -hmm. to you need to address that but so what's the what i mean how long should i get to use my rope um when should i be like re re, you know so my you personally as as often as you climb outside um that three season kind of thing that's so three seasons means like fall spring fall right i would say if you're climbing as much as you do i mean every other weekend if you can if and that's like you don't get down as much as you want yeah right um i I, i'd say that three seasons is where you should start keeping an eye on things and again that's i've been trimming it down outdoor climbing you've been trimming it all that stuff you're keeping an eye on that um someone who is a gym rat three times a year gets to go outside you know i'm looking at averaging out maybe three four five years you know, again, mm-hmm. 10 years is the absolute limit. If you're, yeah. I, you know, my parents bought me a rope. I went away to college, never used it. 10 years later, you should look at it. Yep. By the way, it's 10 years from that rope now. So <laughs> your boy's retired. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that, that would be how long you can expect to use that. Sweet. So what about metal, metal units? So like our aluminum like carabiners, uh, carabiners devices, or, yeah. the like there's no shelf life That's i guess cool. there is it's just well, so long one thing we should have said is like your your uh, dog bones dog bones are um, part of the webbing rope part of webbing thing. slings all of that same shelf life um those dog bones just like your rope if you like dog bones being the uh, on your quick draws the the yeah. webbing that connects the two carabiners mm-hmm. um if they wear and rub up on rock a lot, they're not going to last that long. Yeah. Um, but that's that's purely that. I mean, I've used quick jaws for years and years, and then I've used some like everything. They I get one, is permadrawed. Permadrawed, right? Yeah. Well, I, and you just with quick jaws, you take one weird whipper, it sl- rubs up on. It's done. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've climbed with people. Hey, look at my brand new Spirit jaws. They're twenty bucks a piece. And then you dude, take, those are cheap. Dude, spirits are way more than twenty bucks a piece, aren't they? Uh, spirit twelve centimeters are twenty one bucks. Oh, okay, but 
you know. I don't know what I'm talking about then. You take one one bad fall on it, rubs up on a ledge, boom, you got to retire it, you know. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that that's just one of those things. At the Reds, a lot of things are so steep that they're not rubbing up on mm-hmm. rock as much versus like sharp granite or something like that on a vert wall that it's going to be hitting those ledges. Yeah. But um, anyways, same thing though, any synthetic gear. But metal, carabiners and the like, um, there's not an effective shelf life. That is purely wear and tear. So rope, believe it or not, will wear out metal faster than the metal will wear out the rope. So your quick draws, your belay devices, everything else like that, you will see. Well, I mean, to say that is because you have one singular surface that is being rubbed in the metal where like the rope is the entire. Correct. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, correct. Right. I mean, that's obviously I'm factoring out like sharp things cutting into your rope but yes your 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 carabiner it's the friction right breaking down yeah exactly and that's gonna wear it out um but another thing a dirtier rope dirtier rope will will uh break down carabiners really fast yep i mean you got to think all these canyons and bluffs that we climb on were carved by rivers carrying sediment cutting into that rock right Mm -hmm. it does the same thing to your what about glaciers yeah same thing (laughs) i guess it's the but it's all water right sediment cut will carve a lot faster um that being said uh first bolt carabiners are going to receive a lot of that um when you're climbing the belayer can't go anywhere so that that first bolt will receive the most of the friction from the rope Um, so you're talking about like that first draw you put on the the first draw you put on the wall if you are if you are in the habit of taking a lot of people out and top roping the Mm -hmm. top draws will receive a lot of wear sure yeah um but I, you know, I'd never, I just put my rope through the fixed anchors. No, well, then that's fine. It won't, yeah. it definitely won't. Especially if they're glue-ins. Yeah, it definitely won't slice your rope up or anything like that. Or ruin the glue-ins. And, and none at all. Um, but that's certainly. I'm just, I'm just kidding, everybody. We, we, we see a lot of that at the red. That's why we had to give our shot there. Um, but I do know a lot of people that have specifically um, situated their first and last bolts to be either stainless steel or uh, Edelrid makes, they call it the bulletproof carabiners mm-hmm. now. They have a steel plate where the rope would rub. So it can give a little bit of uh, protection protection on that. Um, so I know a lot of people, that's their... Or longevity, their, really. Exactly. That's the, their way of protecting all their other bolts. It doesn't matter. But those two, mm-hmm. specifically, they've replaced one of the, the rope side of the draw with a steel or the bulletproof kind of thing. Um, but uh, Usually for me, it's whichever my stick clip can reach. So if my stick clip can reach a third, well, then guess that's what? my first bolt. That's my first bolt. There you go. Um, <laughs> Here, let me get on your shoulders. Let's right, see if we man. get the fourth. Exactly. Um, I mean, some of the red, the just <laughs> climb up on the little ledge and get to the other one. But um, that being said, uh, your belay devices. Are you using a tubular de- belay device? You know, ATC, any of the new, you know, the Mammoth tubular. Smart. Tubular Sounds like a, yeah, surfer dude. The rope runs through the carabiner, mm-hmm. um, so those carabiners will wear out. A lot faster. Is it tubular because it makes a tube? Yeah, the, the belay device is a literal tube. Hmm, Pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, and again, Edelrid has their bulletproof version of carabiners, locking carabiners that you can do that. But Grigri's, on the other hand, don't wear out the carabiners much. Mm-hmm. But you got to be careful on the Grigri's. Is the lip on the right side of that? A lot of people think you buy a Grigri, it's good for life. Well, the first one was. The first one was a. You're right. The Grigri <laughs> one was pretty substantial the Grigri yeah, 2 I got a Grigri 1 yeah I do too it's still kicking piece of history right yeah, your Grigri 2s you though they wear out and yeah. they create ridges and I've seen ropes cut because there was a really sharp ridge that they just weren't looking at um, the Grigri Plus fixed that and they put a stainless steel wear plate inside of it um, it didn't fix that it just prolonged it prolonged it, it right yeah. but needless to say again ropes and metal they, they're going to Friction wears everything out, no matter what. So where you don't have a shelf life, I've used an ATC. I've had an A. I got an ATC that's thirty years old. Like I knew, a guy, he just here you go, and it's still in great shape. Mm-hmm. I've seen Grigri's literally worn a hole through it, and it's like you should have retired that a lot sooner. But you know the Grigri twos are not thirty years old. And Grigri, I mean, blade devices can get expensive. Sure, Grigri, I mean, Grigri pluses is- are one hundred and fifty bucks now. You know, wow. And, um, so you know now the Edelrid jewels mega jewels all that those are all stainless steel so they last a little bit longer Mm -hmm. but you know nothing's permanent quick draws 
wear out. Those stainless steel perma jaws at the red, they wear out. Um, which is why, you know, how do you help the longevity? One of the things we say, crag ethics, if you're going to be, you know, uh, running top rope, especially at the red, use your own gear, wear that out before you wear out that yeah. gear. But um, just know that, again... I like the top rope in the Madness Cave. So yeah, I definitely. always make sure to hang my own draws. Oh yeah, you're so good. <laughs> um, but you and we've talked about this. I know you've you've done this. If you know, let's say one of your carabiners is really worn out, you don't have to replace the whole quick jaw. Yeah, you can get a non-locking beaner and swap it in. Every company that sells quick jaws sells the metal, the individual carabiner part of that quick jaw as well as the dog bone itself so you've got your met your quick draws are in good shape buy a new dog bone you, you, you know, know yeah one thing you should talk about what about carabiners is like you know why is one carabiner rigid and then why is mm. one kind of floppy so that's the if you buy a carabiner the two main types of carabiners on quick draws are either wire gate or a key lock is what we call um it's a straight gate or bent gate but it's got um, like a gap in it that fits around the tip of your carabiner. Um, so the wall and rope side of your carabiners are two different. Um, they Most brands will do either, they'll sometimes be different colors, but the stiff uh, end of the dog bone is typically for your rope side of your quick jaw. Um, that It's easier to get the rope clipped in versus the looser uh, end is for the wall. Um, that's just... They don't need it. You don't always want it to be super rigid because depending on the angle, the line, the line of your bolts, you might want a little bit of flexibility there. But you don't want to have to finagle an entire quick jaw flopping inside the dog bone just to clip your rope in. Uh, so the the stiff end will be um, for your rope, and the the loose end will be for your wall. Just like if you have key lock carabiners like the one you're holding right now, um, the bent gate is easier to clip a rope through. The stiff gate is easier to clip through a. Uh, bolt so well so for an example i had a buddy who really loves uh petzl spirits and he really loves like the little rubber thing the yep. base and he's like hey man why why doesn't everybody have like a rubber one at the bottom because he doesn't like when his you know when that top carabiner flips over or it's sure. upside down and um so he ended up replacing and putting those rubber housings on the on the wall both side and, yeah on the wall side and what was happening is it would get lodged, so it wouldn't have the flexibility of movement, and it would actually get lodged up against stuff and leave and the gate up. and open that gate. So the reason why your carabiner... You want it to flop around. You want it to be able to flop around so it doesn't accidentally open the gate. Correct. Um, now, Petzl does, and Edelrid both, they do like the rubber outside to fix it, which is really useful because those are easy. They You can replace just that mm -hmm. even. Yeah. Black Diamond has a rubber inside of the dog bone yeah. that they sew into it that keeps it rigid you know it's it's a new you know, every brand's got their own thing that camp one just sews it tighter um uh, on the rope end and has a little bit looser on the wall end but but yeah there's that but like i said as far as durability Dude, this, this on camp draws from 2007 heck yeah it is that's Holy why God. i'm not using it and it's a piece uh, of garbage honestly honestly though it looks like it's in great shape yeah you should see my my <laughs> original black diamond pazzo wires those things are in not good shape but yeah, so as far as replacing those, like I said, metal, it's just wear and tear. How do you make it last longer? Keep it out of the dirt. Clean it. A lot of people, the gate stops closing. They're like, I got to retire it. Just get some a little bit of alcohol, clean up the inside of that gate, and it, and it closes like normal. My opinion, if you have a locking carabiner that sometimes doesn't close on its own, you got to lock it anyways. I might be a little bit more likely to still use it if I have to force it closed versus a quick jaw you want that sucker to close on its own. So it's all personal, but that's that's that on carabiners and, and metal and, and belay devices and all that. Just wear and tear, watch it. They say the in, uh, we have to, if there's a millimeter. Oh, the wear. If yeah. there's a millimeter wear, they tell you to replace it. A millimeter, gosh. That's not a lot. I'm from America. What, how, long, how much is a millimeter? I have no fucking idea. Not, not very even, much. Not very much? Okay. Um, but that's what they say. Now, you know, again, I'm going to follow industry standards. Some people go, oh, it's fine. And some people, it depends on the specific thing, you know, mm -hmm. um, like their, the quick draws they might replace sooner because you're taking big falls, you know, on those versus belated. I don't know. It, it's all that. But that's the industry standard. It's a millimeter wear and tear 
on metal when you sh that that is supposed to catch weight that you're going to replace that so can you think of anything else that we use as rock climbers I mean, crash pads don't really matter. Crash pads, your if backpack. they feel less cushy, don't use them. Your backpack can be a Jan Sport, whatever, if you want. Yeah, um, that would be cool. It'd be pretty hip. Pretty hip. I use a fanny pack, just a big one. Wow. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I like I said, it, it, I, I'll say this for any gear. If you like it, keep using it. If you don't like it, don't let anyone tell you to keep using it. And, you know, obviously safety gear I care more about. Shoes, there's not a safety compromise, but you do lose your performance so just understand the longer you climb you're going to need to replace stuff and over the i'd say it's still relatively inexpensive but it is still a uh you know you're gonna have to replace things at some point so sweet well first off thanks for uh being our our special guest thanks for having me on the show and being such an expert in your industry um Tyler works for a climbing gym in our our local area called Rockwest Climbing Center. A very very gracious um, um, staple of the community out here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and they have even offered to give us some some gear to give away. So one thing we're going to be giving away is a pair of belay specs, and I believe these belay specs are from Ucraft. Yep, Ucraft belay specs. Yeah, so Ucraft is a a company that. Uh, manufacturers apparel and as well as blaze specs so blaze specs are something you can wear um, as your climber is climbing they're kind of like a periscopic glass and uh, they'll allow you to keep your eyes on your climber without hurting your neck so mm -hmm. anytime you guys get neck pain uh, totally use blaze specs i use them uh there are so all amazing. the time yeah indoor outdoor obviously the first thing you want to do is make sure that your your client partner's high enough off the ground to use them first so um just make sure that they're like at least above the first bolt before you you know put these on um they'll just simply go around your neck so we have a pair of those that we're going to give away um they've also given us a atc pilot so this is kind of um black diamonds new uh, assisted braking device and again, it's tubular, just like Tyler said, so it's super gnarly. Um, and all it's going to do is whenever it's just like the normal ATC, but braking assistant. So um, we'll be giving one of those away. Obviously, to use an ATC, you're going to have to have a carabiner that is locking. So also, they donated a Rock Lock twist gate. Um, so, and then we have a Rock Quest hat. It's yep. getting cold outside. What's that? What's that song that people are all upset about? Maybe it's cold outside. Uh, is it? I don't know why. What's wrong with that? What's um, going on? It's they say it's like date rapey. I guess date he's rapey. he's trying to like coerce her into staying. Who wrote that song? I, I don't know. Apparently, the daughter of that who of the guy who wrote it came out and said, "You got to look into the context. It's actually the opposite. It's a woman coming up with excuses why she should stay with him. She's being maybe a little promiscuous, and society would oh, frown wow. on that. Wow. I don't know. I think everyone just wants to get you know heard about something. You know so. how I know that song? I it's don't because it was an elf. Isn't it an it elf? It is an elf. Yeah. yeah she's and, in the... Oh, see, that's ooh, a bad example. Zoe, he's like in the know. shower listening to her. That's kind of well, weird. He didn't look at her. I guess it's fine. I think you could go out on a limb and say in the movie Elf, Elf, um, I mean, the guy's like mental capacity is yeah, somewhat of, of a like... Child, a, so yeah, so he's like fine. I would consider him having, you know, a mental disability. So it's like, okay. I oh, guess. so Christmas cheer is a mental disability? No. His his mental capacity <laughs> is considered a mental disability. But hey, Zoe Deschanel, good looking gal. Yeah, um, I'm all about it. Obviously missing some social cues. Could have had autism. Could be a form of Asperger's. I don't know. But um, he sang a song with her, and, he and she seemed like she was enjoying herself. So whatever. So, who knows? But about to get in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you know we're, we've run out of stuff to talk about. Uh, don't take that too seriously, please. It was just a joke. Um, so what we're going to do to kind of give these, give these things away, we'd love if people would leave us a review on iTunes. We have no idea what that does. I mean, I don't, but have it's no cool idea. to see, but I, I've been listening to other podcasts and they're like, Hey, give us a review on, on iTunes, please. So uh, we want to be like everybody else. Yeah. Don't we all right? Um, so go ahead and leave us a review. Um, and then send us a message on Instagram or Facebook and say, Hey, I just sent you a review on iTunes and then like screenshot, send it to us or what we'll do is we'll put this on Instagram and we'll tell people, hey, like this, comment, subscribe, YouTube whatever. Um, we haven't really figured that out yet. So those are just some ideas we got going. So so do all of it. 
definitely. Oh, and, and help us get a sponsor. Um, yeah, we like sponsors. We want to get, I want a beer sponsor. We really should. As Is you guys anybody... know, we drink beer every time we, yeah. we do a podcast. So if any of you guys work at beer places. I mean, um, not even a big sponsor. Just give me like. Send a six pack every once in a while. That'd be awesome. And then we'll review it. We'll, we'll talk like, about yeah. the beer while we drink, while we're here. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Climbers in basements, drinking beers and talking about climbing. Yeah. It's like a, that's a good podcast. We might work on the title, but yeah, it's a little too long, but so that's what's coming next. Thank you for being patient, everybody. We took a little bit of a break, um, and we'll be getting this out again. So thank you. Thanks, thanks for Tyler. listening. Yeah. Thanks for having me.